What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the In-Situ Health and Fitness Podcast. Real quick, everybody, next week we are doing one of our Q&A shows. So if you have a question for Mac and I for this podcast, let us know. You'll be able to hit us up on socials. You'll find the links below in the show notes, or you can go directly to our website, enter a question there. As much de- detail as possible is better. And you don't even have to leave your name. You can just enter the question and we'll answer it on our next Q&A, which is next week. Mm-hmm. So if you're not subscribed or you don't follow us wherever you're listening to your podcast, make sure you do. You don't want to miss those ones. We are starting to really enjoy those ones and we love your questions. What is the first thing that comes to your mind when I say pre-workout? Drinks. Drinks. Mm. Initially, I thought like super sugary sweet powder and then I went black coffee. Okay. The first thing that pops in my head is beta alanine. That oh, gives you, yeah. that's the one that gives you the tingles. Yeah. Uh, just obviously when I was younger in the bodybuilding era of my life, <laughs> um, it was a big thing and you needed those tingles. If you didn't get those tingles, then you didn't have a good pre-workout or you didn't have enough pre-workout. And now I'm a lot smarter, a lot more educated. I know that's just a load of shit and that does not matter. But recently I have found a new, I'm not really sure if you'd call it a pre-workout, but I'm having it before a workout (laughs) and I'm getting great results. So, We've spoken about this on the podcast a little bit, but when you want great results in the gym, you need to have a good mind-muscle connection. So mind-muscle connection gives you up to 16% more gains, no matter what you're trying to do in the gym, than anything else. 16%, which is huge. It's insane to think it's completely free. You don't have to add anything to your diet or lifestyle. You just have to pay more conscious attention when you're working out yeah. to get better results. 16% better. Blows my mind. And there's no drug, there's no enhancement, there's no supplement on the market that will give you those sort of results. Yeah. So, but, but there is some that will help you get those results. And that's what I'm trialing at the moment. So I've been taking this before a workout. I've been trialing it on and off. So I will have this supplement and then I will not have it, and then I'll just have black coffee without the supplement, and just see what works. And that is a massive, noticeably difference. Noticeable. <laughs> noticeable difference when I do have it in my workouts. Right. And the difference is I can just get my mind in my muscles mm. a crazy amount more. So normally I have a lot of hard time trying to connect with my shoulders or my lats, my back basically, when I'm doing a workout. Like, yes, I'll feel them, like I'll get to the end of the set and yeah, I'll get a bit of burn in my back, but there's, it's not like, not like this anyway. Yeah. When I was doing it, I could literally feel each individual muscle just really pulling on the weight or whatever I was doing. It was, it was crazy. So I'd been, actually been doing this, I was in the same phase for three weeks. So I started doing it in my fourth phase, fourth, fourth week of the phase. And we've spoken about how by the fourth week, usually your body's adapted to it and you don't feel it as sore anymore and you're, you know, 
your body's getting adapted to it. So there's not as much stress on your body. Mm. So in the fourth week, I added this supplement in and it was like a brand new workout. Wow, because you could put that much more effort in. Yeah. So I was doing the same exercises, similar weights. I was getting a few extra reps, but by the end of the set, my muscles were just on fire. Mm, wow. And it was just a crazy how much difference it was. Just, a bit, just the mind-muscle connection, how different that was. And I'd finished the workout and I was actually exhausted. So like just because I was putting in so much effort, so much thought into the exercises and getting so much more out of them, I was actually exhausted. And I haven't been sore for a work from a workout for a little while. And it was the same workouts and I was starting to get sore after them, which was actually a big surprise to me. So what's the supplement? Good question. <laughs> um, damn it, what was it? L-theanine? L-theanine, yes. I always get them mixed up. There's all the L's out there. Yeah. Uh, so L-theanine. Um, it is naturally found in peas. Oh, that's right, yeah. So this is why a lot of people, we say to a lot of people don't drink tea because there's a lot of caffeine in it. And I'm like, no, no, I don't feel the caffeine hit in tea. When I drink it, it's fine. There's not that much in there. And there's probably just as much caffeine as a coffee. And, but because it's naturally got L-theanine in it, it brings that coffee high, the coffee feeling down. Jitteriness, I guess. Yeah, jitteriness. Um, so it just mellows you out. So yeah. L-theanine is a um, amino acid, actually. Okay. So it's a non-building block amino acid. So not I, one of the essentials, one of the other 20. Yeah. Yeah. So there's 21 amino acids, and I didn't realise there was actually a non-building So there's only building six block. essential ones, which I'm sure are the building blocks, uh, and the others just help with other bodily functions. It's cool. So there you go. Yeah, so L-theanine, you'll actually find it in a lot of energy drinks as well. So they put it in energy drinks. Those people that drink them out there will know they can smash a few and not get those coffee jitters and mind going crazy because it's got L-theanine in it, in it and it helps it help, just helps that caffeine just sort of settle a little bit. Yeah. Settles your mind. Um, it's really good for stressful moments as well, but for a pre-workout, Let's get back to that. Mm -hmm. um, I have been having a black coffee and L-theanine. I can't remember how many milligrams per dose. I will, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll take a photo and put it over the video or, and we'll link it in the show notes so you can check it out. Um, and it's just like sometimes when I have a coffee before I work out, I just get scattered. Yeah. Like I'll fuck around during the breaks in between each set I'll be work. I'll be doing a set and thinking about something else rather than my body when I'm work like doing the actual exercise. I'll be on my phone too much. But this, it was just like everything was dialed in. I didn't. It was just completely different experience working out. Wow. Yeah, and um, like there was just no distractions. It felt like all the distractions had gone away, and I was just focused on the workout. And it could be a little bit of placebo in there as well because I've heard this from a lot of other sources as, as well, that this works like that. So yeah, placebo, I'll take it though. You've heard from other sources that L-theanine works like a placebo? No, that it works in this way when you're trying to, as a pre-workout Okay. with caffeine. Yeah, mm. so not as a placebo? 
that no, it works. I'm You've getting... heard from other people that it works. Yeah. For real. Yeah. So it could be a placebo from me hearing that it works. Oh, I see. That I think it works. Yeah. Um, and look, there's always that chance. Um, because every, pretty much every pre-workout there, the main ingredient that gives you performance from the pre-workout is caffeine. Mm. So caffeine is very well studied for a pre-workout and it's probably the best thing you can have before a workout. Caffeine is, is actually a performance enhancing supplement if you use it right. And that's the thing, if you use it right. So um, Mac knows, if you've been listening for a few weeks now, you probably know that I've been messing around with caffeine as well. So I've been have, trying to have some days off caffeine completely. Most days I'm just down to one coffee and I'll use that as a enhancement for getting some work done or getting a workout done. Um, and I think that's helped as well. So. It's surprising how you can use caffeine like that and how effective it can be. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of people just get up and just drink coffee to wake up and just get them through the day. Where if you cut that out and actually use it as a supplement, it's very effective as well. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah. the, the whole reason that L-theanine works is because you can focus more on your muscles, right? In the gym, so you can put more effort in and get better results. That's the summary? Yeah. Technically, it doesn't help you focus. It just mellows you out. It just helps you relax. So when you bring the stimulant in, instead of a massive spike from coffee and then a big crash, it's almost like you get a spike, half a spike, and then it plateaus for a lot there. longer. So you're taking L-theanine without the caffeine? Oh, yeah. I for pre-workout? Yeah. Not really? No. Yeah. So it's with caffeine pre-workout otherwise alone just as a relaxant right yeah it just um i do find that i'm very highly strung so sometimes like you stress out you've got a lot going on so l-theanine's good just sometimes at night for me just to chill out a little bit yeah um and without caffeine it does that yeah so okay. the caffeine it just sort of it's weird it just sort of evens the caffeine out and helps you focus it a little bit more yeah um now, obviously, those listening and going, yeah, I'm going to try it. Again, if you just drink coffee from the moment you wake up and then use coffee just like a normal drink, I don't think it will work as well. Where if you use coffee as a supplement as well, I think it will be a much more effective. Yeah, I think if coffee isn't, if you aren't sensitive to coffee anymore because mm. you drink it so much every day, so frequently, and you don't find coffee as effective for pre-workout then you probably won't notice it right because you're so used to it anyway so that's not the point the point is to get hyped and then hold the hype yeah in a good place but i find even just that hype is all mental like it it's more like you want to get connected to your body like i said and if you're too hyped then you lose that connection if yeah. that makes sense yeah definitely um yeah and that's the thing a lot of people will use caffeine like they, they just drink coffee normally and then they go well i need a pre-workout to work out and it's just adding more caffeine in mm. and they're they're in that zone of just too hyped and yep. they cannot connect their mind to their body because they're thinking about this 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 hey look a bug and it's just <laughs> like all over the place so um use the caffeine as a supplement as well yeah so when we say supplement you are supplementing with it not 
using it all day. Yeah. Like if you're a highly stressed person, I wouldn't recommend just taking L-theanine all day, every day either. Like it's just a stupid thing to do. You're gonna fuck with your body too much. You use it sparingly as a supplement to help you achieve something. Last week I got a question in a question box on Instagram that I thought was very interesting, so interesting that I would bring it here today because I think that we haven't spoken about this before on the podcast and that is what is the best way to consume fruit? Valid question, right? Mm. Because there are many ways and I feel like it's a good question to answer right now because there's this big, what is it, hype, concentration, fad around glucose spikes. I'd say fad. Fad around <laughs> glucose spikes. Um, and obviously fruit is high in sugar, which is fine. Um, so it, it spikes our glucose, but because a lot of people are wearing glucose monitors and everything like that, it's sort of starting to get a bad rap because people eat it and then they can see on their app, on their phone, that their glucose has spiked. Oh my God, I'm going to die, <laughs> right? Fruit's bad for me. Fruit is bad. So I just wanted to, let's just talk about what is going on and how you should try to consume your fruit, right? So I think the first way when people start to try and eat healthily, the first thing that they initially do is think juices for mm. breakfast, you know, like celery juice. I don't even know what other kinds of juice, but... Just probably just, just juice from the bottle, like from, orange like juice, orange juice. juice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's, I'm going to just completely ignore juice from the supermarket okay. because it's just liquid sugar and I, it's not really a form of fruit. Okay, guys, just, it's not a form of fruit. But there's one with pulp in it. It's, yeah, which is <laughs> next. <laughs> so I wanted to start with juice, like juice that you can make at home, juice that you can buy from a cafe. Yep. Because people think that that's very, very healthy. And I'm not saying it's not healthy, but it does spike your glucose a lot. And when you have a glucose spike, you generally have a glucose crash if you aren't eating a balanced diet or if you're eating the foods in the way that they were not intended to be eaten for the human body. Mm. So when you juice fruit, you pretty much strip all of the fiber and you just take the juice from the fruit. So it's like almost as sugary as it can get and you don't have the fiber. And the fiber is what will help you reduce the chances of having a glucose spike. So without the fiber, you just have a spike and then you have a crash, right? Because it's just pretty much sugar. Like there's still vitamins and minerals in there, so it's not completely useless, but it just is going to give you that energy boost and then crash, right? Mm. So the second way that I think is very common is a smoothie, which is fine as well. <laughs> but what happens to the fiber when you make a smoothie is it gets like pulverized so it's all squished and it digests a lot faster so you still are going to get i guess a medium-sized glucose spike depending on the fruit that you have in your smoothie and if you have it with any protein or any other fats or carbohydrates because they all have play like an impact into how your glucose is going to spike as well mm. so the last one that i think is the most makes the most common sense is to eat the fruit whole yeah. Right? So ideally, yes, that's the answer. You want to eat the fruit whole because the fruit has fiber for a reason to help us with the sugar and the digestion of it. And fruit now is so different to how it used to be 
50 years ago, 100 years ago. Yeah. Um, because it has been manipulated to be more colourful, more sweet, more palatable. Just better looking. Smell better looking, all of it. Mm. So it is generally higher in sugar now because we crave that sweetness, right? Mm. Um, but it still has the fibre. And I feel like people overlook the importance of fibre and just look straight at the sugar when it comes to fruit. And that's fruit is not bad. Mm. Like, there's a reason that the, the, the sugar and the fibre come together. That's how we, our bodies, can manage it and use it efficiently. Yeah, good right? example of that is when, I think it was, I forget what doco I was on, but anyway, where he was, like, basically, if you take your time and eat a large apple, you're full. But if you juice five large apples, mm. you can drink all of them. So that, that's, that's how important the fibre is. Yeah. And, and just the act of eating it as well. Yeah. It does a lot to your body chemistry and all that sort of stuff as well. So, yeah, I guess, like, there's not much more that we need to explain about it. It's just, just know that juice is the purest sugar form of fruit. Mm. Smoothies are not bad, but you should try and focus on balancing them like you would balance any meal. Like I'm pretty sure we've spoken about eating balanced meals in the past. And then fruit obviously in its whole form is the best for a reason because that's how it is. it has come. But I think one thing that everyone overlooks with this whole glucose fad um, is they take one food and they eat it and they see how much it spikes their glucose and then they label it as bad. When in reality, we don't eat one thing by itself all the time. Like fruit is an exception. And I think that's why it's got such a bad rap because it is normal to just eat an apple mm. alone. Whereas a lot of other foods that spike your glucose, you don't generally eat alone. So like carby foods and stuff like that, you don't just sit down and eat a bowl of plain pasta no, by itself. Some sort of you have or yeah, protein and fat with it, which helps balance everything out because that's the way that we're meant to eat, right? We're mm. meant to have protein, we're meant to have carbs, fat and fiber to help our bodies use it properly and have a good amount of energy that is sustainable and not like the peak and the crash. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like everybody's getting the glucose monitors and putting them on and going, oh, wow, my energy levels are all up and all over the place. And it's like, surely you noticed that before you actually Before something it. external but told you. Yes, we always say tracking data is a good way to, you know, realise where your downfalls are. Uh, even just like we spoke about a few weeks ago, just tracking your time. A lot of people just tracking their yeah. time go, oh yeah, well, I waste a lot of time. So yes, it's good to do that and see what does spike your insulin and that sort of stuff. But do, do the three things we just spoke about. Have a glass of juice one day, see what happens. Mm. Make a smoothie the next day, see what happens, and eat a bit of fruit the next day, see what happens. There's going to be three completely different um, things that are happening. Yeah. And <clears throat> like fruit, like a glass of orange juice or whatever, yeah, it's not the best choice, but it's still better than a pastry. Like everybody thinks, oh, pastries are fine, but then like a fruit's bad, but like there's that much sugar in a croissant or something like that it's going to spike your insulin way higher than anything else uh, and a lot of people think that's unhealthy but then uh, that's healthier than a glass of juice but like either either yeah but just don't 
there's sugar in everything is what I'm yeah. trying to get. Like anything processed has got sugar in it. And I think the best thing you can do to manage that, if that's what, something that you're worried about, is minimize processed foods so that mm. you know what you're eating and just try to eat everything, meals and snacks, as a balanced meal. As in when I say balanced meal, I mean like a balance of macronutrients because that's, that is the best way that you can combat any of this, like these energy peaks and troughs that everyone's worried about. Mm. And if you have no idea what I mean when I say a balanced meal, I don't mean an equal portion of fat, protein, carbs and fiber. There, there is a ratio that you should aim for. And I think if you haven't heard us talk about it already, you can go and download our Beginner's Guide to Nutrition. Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? Yep. Um, on the website. And it breaks down all of the macronutrients, all of the micro, the importance of micronutrients and how you can actually build a balanced meal, hmm. which is going to benefit you whether you're trying to maintain your weight, lose weight, increase your energy, balance your energy, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it's just, that just reminds me, like a lot, I get a lot of clients that struggle with that, say, afternoon slump. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, what do you have for breakfast? And they're like, oh, I just have like a piece of toast or a piece of fruit or something like that. And look, not unhealthy, but it's not balanced, like you said. Yeah. So it's just all glucose or carbs or whatever. Again, they're not bad. It's just without the other macronutrients, you do get that spike. And then you have a massive crash and your body's like, well, I need that again. Yeah. So that's why you go back for the chocolates and all that sort of stuff in the afternoon because you haven't had that balance. Yeah. Um, and your body's not satisfied. So it needs that energy and all those macronutrients macro <laughs> bring that energy together for your body. So, And you know what is also ironic with that whole breakfast scenario is a lot of people will have like toast and a glass of orange juice for breakfast mm. and then say that they can't eat breakfast because it makes them feel sick. Yeah. When it's not necessarily, not always, the time of the day that makes you feel sick it's the food that you're eating also. So that is definitely something to consider as well. Yeah, 100%. Okay, we're we doing my three cents now? We are. What do you got? <laughs> um, first thing to watch is the new Arnold doco. I'm yes. sure everybody's seen it, heard about it um, all over social media um, or Netflix or the internet. Everywhere. Everywhere. It's actually really good. Mm -hmm. um, it's better than I thought it would be. And I wanted to bring it up because of the first, the opening scene and what he says in that opening scene. I can't remember the exact words, but it's along the lines of once I understood I could change my body and the way it looks and how I appear, I knew anything was possible. Mm. And that for me, that was just like, like, I have seen that in my clients. I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in you. Anybody that starts dedicating time and effort into changing the way they look, their life starts to change as well, for the better. Yeah. They start to realise, oh wow, like, you know, thing... Things can get better. I yeah. can, I am in control. <clears throat> and it's just so powerful and so overlooked about health and fitness. A lot of the time it's just focused on that, you know, I want to look better. Yeah. And... Like, like you actually said the other day, like, it's so cool being stronger than the general public. Mm. And when you start to work out and you feel confident in yourself and you're work, walking through a crowd of people, you can sort of stand up tall. You, you feel strong, you move well. 
and it just gives you that sense of confidence as well. So with that confidence comes uh, the knowledge of I can actually do anything. Like, yeah. It's not like there's a goal that I can't achieve because I know I can achieve anything with time and effort if I put put it in that direction. So yeah. it's just, yeah, I just thought that was really cool to... I even, I literally <coughs> see it still. Like you would, when you say that sentence, you'd think that it's like, a beginner games kind of thing like beginners realize once they can change their body but I've been training for like what four years maybe and I still see it like sometimes I'll think oh, I can't do I probably can't do eight reps of this before mm. I do it and then I do eight reps and I could have gone for ten or something like that and it just every time you go to the gym and every time you do that and you just you're just constantly reassuring and proving I think the evidence is like the most powerful thing ever you're proving to yourself like in real time that you can mm. like you thought you could only do eight and you you did ten like i just feel like people forget how um powerful the evidence is like actual evidence like there's so much fuss about mantras and stuff like that and saying i'm strong i'm powerful in the mirror a hundred times but unless you have evidence to show yourself that you are strong mm. you are powerful then it's just so much easier to believe and be used yeah like, right? yeah 100 percent. when you lift a weight you once thought was impossible mm. it changes your mind completely and although we sort of talk about this in the sense of we're trying to smash business goals and all that sort of stuff and achieve things that way um kate is a good example of that one of our previous clients um just the way how shocked she was when her body started changing for the better. And, and this was more like energy and being able to do things with her family. And it's, it was so cool to watch. Like she was smashing in the gym and all of a sudden she could, you know, go surfing. Like she was surfing, but she was catching waves and she was yeah. almost catching more waves than her husband and the kids. And she was out paddling and all that sort of stuff. And she's just coming to the gym the next day. Like what's happened? <laughs> and like, it's like, she could put more, t like she was still smashing at work, like very bus very business, had a very successful business, a lot of employees, all that sort of stuff. But now she had this extra energy to do mm -hmm. stuff on the weekend. And now she could funnel that. And it's like one thing I don't think she thought was possible to do that. Like she was just in that grind of just being, you know, wrecked on the weekends. And now yeah. she's got all this energy on the weekends to go out and smash things and do things and doing better than everybody else and it's just like it opens up a whole nother you know well that's possible so what else can i do yeah um and i feel like this theme is all the way through the arnold because it's only three episodes mm. but that theme is through the whole series right yeah because like I f it's so common to think once you start a career that's your career that's what you do and obviously Arnie is the prime example of you don't have to do the same thing for your whole life. You yeah. can do whatever you want. You can pivot at any time. And you Who's can, saying that you can't? You can be the best at it. Yeah, why like, not? I'm not saying he's the best actor, but he's very successful. Yeah. Very successful. I'm not saying he's the best politician, but... Everyone uh, loved him. <laughs> everybody loved him and he seemed successful in that, in his t uh, tenure as the governor. Like, yeah, he's... So, but... Like, you all started when he was 14 and started working out and realised he could start changing his body. Yeah. And it was just cool to see that progression. Mm. Another side note on that, I think it was the 80s or the 70s, like, when he went and done that 
body art exhibition. Like he literally just stood in the middle of a room around people on a spinning platform yeah, flexing. Yeah, that's right. And everybody's blown away. Yeah. Like, they had not seen a muscly guy like that before. And they were in it like the, somebody was interviewing just the random people in the crowd. They're like, yeah, I've never seen a body like that before. It's crazy. And it's like... It's like people were going to see him like he was like a circus freak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now it's... We open up our phone and see it. Yeah, It's everywhere. just crazy how 30 or 40 years has changed that much. Like it went from being and like you had to go buy tickets to go and see that thing. Yeah. And now, now it's, it's like, shoved in your face all day, every day. Yeah. Um, but go and watch it. That's cool. Okay, cool. The next thing, something to try is food, mm. which I love sharing food ideas. This one came from... One of our clients as well, Rosie. So thank you, Rosie, because we eat this bread every day now. Mm. So we weren't really eating bread before because we're just trying to focus on adequate protein, right, mostly. Um, and bread just didn't really fit in anywhere. It's not that we don't think bread is delicious. Um, but Rosie found a bread that is very high in protein for bread and still very palatable, like mm. it's enjoyable. So I think a serving size, which is two slices, has 25 grams. Got that, yeah of protein, which is the same as most protein shakes. Pretty yeah, close most, to. most protein powders are 20 to 25 grams yeah. per scoop. So, and it's like still decent ingredients and everything. The only downfall is you can only get it from Coles. Mm. We are Woolies and market shoppers, <laughs> but we do go to Coles just for this bread because it is so convenient and it's just, so before if you were listening to us, I'm pretty sure we've spoken about having yogurt or maybe I've talked about it on social media for breakfast because it's, the fastest way we could get an adequate amount of protein first thing in the morning. Mm. And now we have this toast with eggs and it's probably double the amount of protein that we were having when we were having yogurt. Yeah, two slices of toast, a couple of eggs and you're looking at 30 plus grams of protein. Yeah. It's, yeah. It takes five minutes to prepare. Like when, I feel like when you say eggs for breakfast, everyone's like, oh, yeah. so much time. But, but it's literally not. Like, but if you have other bread, it's like still super high in calories, but not as much protein. So yes, at least true. this is a good trade-off because you are bumping that. Like, I like if you have if I'm in, I'm in a rush and I'm working all day, I'll have a protein shake for mine as well. So that's 50 grams of protein to start my day off, and I've never had that before. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Oh, it's called <laughs> yeah. Herman and Brot. Herman Brot. Okay. Herman Brot. I'm pretty sure. Like, it's in green packaging. It's got some weird old school photo of little kids on it. I can link it. I can link the yeah, Coles link, link it anyway. <laughs> okay, and then lastly, before we go, something to listen to. And that is the podcast Lifespan by David Sinclair. I think so. Sinclair. <laughs> David Sinclair. I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. Um, so. Yes, someone in the gym told me to listen to this podcast because it is about longevity and... Um, it's a limited series. Limited series. So there's eight episodes. So David Sinclair and his co-worker, I want to say, maybe his lab partner, um, have a book out called Lifespan and it's been on my reading list for two years plus probably. And then when this guy in the gym told me that they have a podcast and it pretty much goes through the main pillars that the book goes through, I was like, oh my goodness. Anyway, I've only listened to the first episode, but it was great. So there's two of them, David Sinclair and I really should know his name, but I don't. So they 
they sort of work well together in the way that one will explain it and then one will ask questions that you might have as a listener anyway and then they sort of go through it like that. Mm. But it's just very interesting to hear how the science, the genetic science of longevity is going. So that's what their whole lab focuses on is how can we manipulate our genes to help us live for longer and it's unbelievable. So one quote that he said that has just blown my mind is that the first person that's going to live to 150 years old is already alive right now. 150. 150. So somebody that is alive on planet Earth right now has the potential to live to 150 years old. Not just one person, potentially a lot of people. Mm. But the first person to live to 150 is already alive. Mm. Isn't that insane? 150. Potentially an extra 70 years on what the average life yeah, so expectancy is I was going to say, now. the average lifespan is, I don't know if this is for guys and girls, but probably just guys, is 78, I think it was. 78 years old. Yeah. So if you're over 35, 37-ish, you're halfway through your life, tech, potentially. So it's... Terrifying. Really, yeah. Um, <laughs> Ivan in the gym called me out in this and he's like, oh, I can't believe you thought like 30 years ago it was the 80s and it's actually 40 years ago was the 80s. And like, I always get that mixed up when I'm talking about lifespan and humans and all that sort of stuff because I always like to round down because if I, in my head, I just always round down because I like to think it's not that far away. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I've still if got round, more time. <laughs> yeah, I've still got more time. And it's scary to think because I am 36 now. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why I do everything possible to live longer. And yeah, it's just that it's scary in one way to think that 78 is the average lifespan, but it's also very exciting that to think I could live for 150 years. Cause that's, like you said, it's almost double. I could yeah. have two lives in one. If I live a healthy life that helps me live longer and like, oh, I, I get this quote when I always, when I talk about longevity, I get this quote or I guess knock back a little bit. Statement. Statement back. And it's like, oh, but I always see that this lady or guy that's a hundred plus and they're still living and they drink and smoke every single day and all this. And, and I'm like, yeah, but they're a rarity. Like they're genetic freaks. That's why they're on the news. And like they're so rare, so rare. Like every, we get about what, 3,000 people listen to this podcast every single week. Not one of you have those genetics. It's like one in 100,000 has those, gen those genetics to live that long. With so, that lifestyle, is that what? With that lifestyle, yeah. yeah. Not just to live to 100. Yeah, so the rest of us have to do all these healthy things that we need to do, eat well, sleep well, drink enough, work out, all that sort of stuff so we can live that long. Yeah. So it's not just like, oh, well, I'll wait for science to catch up. Yes, science is catching up, but to live to 150, just using that for example, you're going to have to have a body that is compatible with science as well. Yeah, science. 100%. You don't want a body that science has to fix to live that long. You want yeah. a body that is healthy, that science will help live longer. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't wait to dive into that um, it's podcast. It's very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's it. That's it. Awesome.
Obviously, if you've made it this long, you've enjoyed the episode, so make sure you share it with a friend or family member so they get something out of it as well. Just copy the show link, send it to them. It takes two seconds. They will thank you, we thank you, and everybody, everyone wins. Everybody wins. All right, we'll see you all in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>